And then, if time permits, we'll shoot over to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 and 17. Um, if you'll stand with me, we'll read verse 12 and verse 13 of Matthew 21. The context here is Jesus riding into Jerusalem, most religious city of that day, and uh, it was a very cold city. It was a religious city, but they were cold. And uh, Jesus was riding in on a little animal, a little donkey, the Bible says. And um, being the man of prayer that he was and is, he still is uh, sitting on the right hand of the Father praying for us. Amen. And that's what he lives for. That's what the Bible says. And, and so um, being the man of prayer... He saw the temple of God, and so he got off, his, his, got off of his animal and walked over to the temple of God. Walked into the temple of God. And um, this is what he saw. Look in, look in verse 12. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers. And the seats of them that sold doves. Father, I love you. I pray that I can be a blessing to this dear, dear church and these visitors. Lord, I, can, I just pray that I can love them, be sensitive to their needs. And Lord, if I can't, as I prayed thousands of times now, Lord, if I can't, I would just rather sit down be quiet and do nothing and say nothing. Allow Brother Hooker or someone of his choice to do the preaching tonight. I want to be used. I want to be a blessing. And then, Father, I pray for that lost person that may be here. Lord, if there is, I, I oh my, I pray they'll be saved tonight. Not just be saved sometime, but tonight. And Lord, again, I just love you. Thank you so much for this honor and privilege to stand in this pulpit where a great man of God stands each week. Thank you. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You say, preacher, Brother Beckham, it sounds like Jesus pretty angry. Sounds like he, he's lost it. What in the world is wrong with Jesus? Well, if he lost it, he would be a sinner like us. If he would have been, if he would have been angry, he would have been a sinner like us. But he was the sinless one, the spotless one. And so I know that he was just grieved and quenched. And you say, well, yeah, I would say so. He was really quenched. Yeah, he was quenched. And he was grieved. But why was he? Why did he turn over tables? Why did he uh, reach down on the floor and found cords and wrap them up and made a, made a whip and whipped the people out of the temple? Why in the world did he go into that kind of behavior? Well, look in verse 13. And he said unto them, 
He said unto these thieves and these money changers, It is written. Jesus was always saying, It is written. It is written. Three times uh, the devil came to him after he came off of that mount fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And without food and water, he did that. That was a supernatural fast. And so here, here is Jesus being kind of weak and weary, and here comes the devil. He knows when to strike us. He knows when to tempt us. Amen. And so here he is tempting Jesus, and Jesus said three times, quoting the word of God, Deuteronomy, three times to the devil. And the Bible says, and the devil fled. Amen. You ought to try that sometime. People say, Brother Beckham, he rides my back all the time, all the time. Well, that's your problem. He doesn't ride my back because I tell him to get off. Amen. I tell him he can take a hike on a short bridge somewhere. Amen. Uh, uh, if you resist him, he won't bother you. He'll leave you alone. He'll flee. Especially if you quote the Word of God to him. Amen. And so here it is. Jesus quotes quotes uh, Isaiah 56, verse 7. He said, My house shall be called the house of prayer. We need to get a hold of that. We have turned the house of prayer into the house of preaching, a house of soul winning, a house of missions, and, and no prayer. Now, those things are very important. Soul winning is very important. Preaching is so important. Missions is very important. Amen? Yes, sir. Those are Bible truths. But if you have those and don't have prayer, then you don't have it all. You don't have the main thing. You don't have the first thing. Amen? And so here it is. My house shall be called the house of prayer. And then he quotes Jeremiah 7 in verse 11. He said, but ye... I believe he pointed his finger right, in, right in on their nose. He might even touch their nose. And he said, listen, you have, you have turned the house of God into a den of thieves. Shame on you. He rebuked them. And so tonight I want to say to Calvary Baptist Church, uh, don't let the devil come in here and turn this place into a den of thieves. We don't need thieves in here, Amen. But don't you sit there tonight and judge these people. Don't you say, well, those sorry rascals, they shouldn't have done the temple of God that way. Uh, they shouldn't have done the Lord Jesus that way. Uh, they, shouldn't have, they just should not have done that, Brother Beckham. Don't you judge them. Don't you judge them real, real quickly here. Because I want you to take your Bible and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 and verse 20. It's so convicting. I have seen people come to the altar at this point. I have seen them come to uh, the altars packed full of people uh, after they, they hear these two verses along. Now listen to this. I've seen the countenance on people's faces just, just almost fall uh, when I read these two verses. A very convicting and I'll say again, don't you, don't you judge the people in the temple too harshly because I'm getting ready to read you some verses that is going to put you under conviction too. It puts on me under conviction every time I read them. Now listen, what? Know ye not, now listen closely, know ye not that your body, that your body, that your body is 
What? The temple of the Holy Ghost. Where is the Holy Ghost? He's not floating around in this building somewhere. He's not in these pews. He's not in this pulpit. He's not in the carpet. He's not in the instruments. He's nowhere. Amen? Where does the Holy Spirit? He doesn't dwell up in the heavenlies. You know where the Holy Spirit dwells today? He dwells in your temple, in your body. Amen? And, And it says here, which is in you. We need to know that. Jesus walked into the temple in Jerusalem and he saw things in the temple. Why? Because he was there. He was inside. And let me report to you, the Holy Ghost of God that lives inside of you, he knows you very well. He knows every, every room. He knows every, every drawer. He knows every, every inch of your temple. Why? Because he is inside of you and me. And notice what else it says here. Which ye have of God, you have the temple because of God. You are the temple of God because of God. And then it says, and you're not your own. Uh, you, he bought you. Uh, verse, verse 20 says, for ye are bought with a price. And what a price it was. The Lord Jesus came. He was beaten until man could not even tell who he was. I mean, I mean he went through torture for you and me. Amen. And so so here he is. He's bought you. Uh, I, I hear people all, all the time say, Brother Beckham, this is my body. This I'll do with it as I please, sir. I said, well, sir, ma'am, it's not your body. If you are born again by the good grace of God, and I hope you are, it's not your body. You can't do with it as you please. It doesn't belong to you. Amen. It belongs to him. He bought it. Are you hearing me? He bought it. It's his. And we are to do something with that temple. Notice what it says. Therefore glorify God in your body, which is the temple of God, and in your spirit. And then it reminds you again, it reminds me again, that we are not our own, we belong to God. Now, my question to you tonight, before we go over to Hebrews, we're going to talk about praying for different groups of people. And uh, these groups are very important to a church. If, 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 if the local church is not praying for these particular groups that we will be dealing with tonight and tomorrow night and the next night and Sunday, if, we, if you're not praying for these groups of people, you might as well padlock the door, put plywood over the windows, and, 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 and just forget it. Pretty plain, right? But, but that's the truth. So, let me ask you, are you glorifying God in your temple? Now, if you're not praying, you're not glorifying God. If you're not reading your Bible like you should, and not just read it, the Bible doesn't say just read it, it says to study it. If you're not, if you're not uh, praying like you should, if you're not studying your Bible like you should, if you're not soul winning like you should, if you're not tithing like you should, if you're not giving to missions like you should, and I could go on and on and on about Bible teachings. If we're not doing that, church, we're just playing. We're just playing the game. Amen. And we need to quit playing and begin to pray. 
Amen. We need to quit, quit playing and start praying and get back to the biblical principles and turn this place into what God says it should be, and that is a place that glorifies Him, which is the house of prayer. Amen. Turn with me to Hebrews now. Hebrews chapter 13. And um, as, I, as I talk about this, it's amazing at the people that tells me, I've been in church for 20, 30 years, Brother Beckham, and I have never read these verses. I have never heard anyone preach on these verses. But these verses are very important to this church being blessed of God. I know, I, and, and, and I'll go ahead and say this, I'll say it again two or three times in the message, but, but a church that does not take care of this particular man and this, and this man's family is a church that is on its way out. Amen. Now look in verse 13 and verse 7, and I'm going to let the Bible tell you and introduce to you who this man is. Remember them which hath the rule over you, and that's not a bad word, that is a Bible word, and it just means the rule over you are the one that guides you, the one that teaches you. Now listen, uh, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follows, considering the end of their conversation. Now, who preaches and teaches the word of God to you on a regular basis in this local church? Your pastor. Brother Hooker, Dr. Hooker, uh, he, he stands in this pulpit. He preaches the, the, the pure word of God to you. He loves you. He teach, uh, he, he's there when your family is sick. He's there to, uh, uh, to marry your children. He's there to bury your dead. He's there for you. And the Bible says, not Brother Beckham, please don't leave here tonight, and say, well, Brother Beckham said that we ought to pray for our pastor. No, 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 no. I haven't said that. The Bible says that you are to remember him. And the best way to remember your preacher is to pray for him. And you're to pray for him on a regular basis. You're to pray for him without ceasing. Amen. And, and, and not only during the week at your home are you to pray for him, and not only on the job you're to pray for him, but you're to pray for him as he is in the pulpit and you're sitting in the pew and you're to pray for him as he preaches. Amen. I... Uh, I was at, uh, I heard this story about see, um, um, Spurgeon. Some young men wanted to hear Spurgeon preach. And uh, they, they went, got there early, and this guy walked up to them and said, Look, young men, uh, would you like to see the boiler room of, that, that heats this place up? And they said, oh, boiler room, ah, we came to hear the preacher, the great C.H. Spurgeon. And, and the guy said, well, come with me. Let me show you this boiler room. And so they walked down in the basement, and he opened the doors, and there was five, 600 people under the pulpit of, of that great tabernacle praying. Well, 
the young men realize, oh, that's the boiler room. That's the power. That's where the, the preaching gets the power from those 600 people underneath that pulpit. Wow. Well, they went back to the auditorium was sitting there and all of a sudden Spurgeon walked into the pulpit and the young men's eyes got big because it was the man that took them to the boiler room. And uh, you want this place to be heated? You want power from this pulpit? You want power in the pew? You want power on this altar? Pray. Pray. And pray without ceasing. Pray always. Pray everywhere. And not get weary. Just because God doesn't answer your prayer when you want Him to, just wait. And He will. It might be yes, it might be no, it might be wait, but he'll answer. Just wait. Glorify God in your temple, and, he'll, and, and God will bless. So, let me ask you, how many of you are remembering Brother Hooker? How many of you are remembering him every day? Every day, every day. Let me tell you, he is, he is in a battle. He, I, as I was sitting over there tonight, and I was thinking about what I was going to preach on, and I heard your pastor say, I'm not thinking clearly. Uh, my body is weaker th during this fast than ever before, and I was thinking, how can I get them to pray for him? And, uh, and because I wasn't real sure if I was going to get to Hebrews chapter 13 tonight, I am so glad I'm there because, listen, he needs your prayers. He's fasting for revival. He, and he's fasting for revival in the church. He's fasting for revival uh, in our nation. He's fasting. He's fasting. I hope you're fasting with him. Amen. And do it as, as, as a corporate thing. And do it as, as one. And I mean, get together and agree. We need revival in Memphis, Tennessee. We need people to fill up Calvary Baptist Church and pray and pray and pray and fast and fast and God will bless so God says here I want you to remember your preacher if you have a good preacher and I know you do uh, I love him to death amen how many of you love him amen I, I'm telling you uh, the, if you have a good one you better keep him because there's a lot there's 1700 preachers a month quits the ministry in America there's 2,000 churches in America shuts their doors every year in this country. Christian so-called, they say. We are far cry from being Christian in America anymore. And look in verse 17. Not only are you to remember him, but the Bible says, well, obey them that hath the rule over you. Obey them that guides you and preaches the word of God. And I have heard people say, Hey, preacher, Brother Beckham, let me tell you something, sir. We are, we, we are not to obey man. You're to obey this man because God tells you to. And if you're going to be a house of prayer, if you're going to be a place that glorifies God, you're going to have to carry out the whole Word of God. We can't just nitpick and pick what we want to live by and, 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 and build our little man-made doctrines. Oh, no, 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 no. We have to carry out and rightly divide the whole Word of God. We have to live the whole Word of God, not just what we want and like. Amen. And so it says here, Obey them that have the rule 
over you. I'm not talking about a dictator. I'm not talking about someone that, that gets into the pulpit and, and his behavior is not holy. I'm not talking about that crowd. I'm talking about a man that loves the Word of God, loves God, preaches, preaches the Word of God, loves the church, uh, ministers to the church, and, and, and takes care of the church. Such a man is worthy to obey. Amen. And then it says, submit yourselves, submit yourselves to that man too. Uh, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. You say, preacher, why? Why should I do that? Look in verse 17. For they watch for your souls as they that must give an account. Do we have any supervisors in here, anybody that is over a bunch of people? On your job, okay, sir. Uh, can I can I use you for a minute? Uh, just sit there. You can just sit there and answer my question. Uh, let's say you have six or seven people under you, and 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 you get a call from the president of the company, the CEO, and he tells you, "Listen, I'm coming coming to town next this week. I'm not going to tell you what day I'm coming." But I'm coming. And uh, now, would you have the right to call these six or seven people together and say, look, the president is coming. I don't know when he's coming, but he's coming. And, and one or two of you are not heads. And I'm telling you, don't you, not, don't, I want you to be doing your job. You can't be a knothead this week because I'm going to have to stand accountable. I can lose my job because of you. Do you hear me, knothead? Amen. And, and, and so would you have the right to do that? Would you have the maybe not call them knotheads, but would you have the right to say, hey, you need to get your, get your act together. The president is coming. Well, church, we better get our act together because not the president, but Jesus is coming. And, and you say, well, Brother Beckham, it's been, I've been hearing that all my life, and Paul even preached, I know that, but not even the angels in heaven knows when he's coming, but he's coming. Israel's a nation now. Since 1948, there is no reason why he could not come tonight. He could come tonight. Are you, are you ready? Are you ready? So he's going to have to give an account. So when he calls you on Monday, when you're not here on Sunday, and he asks you why, hey, it's, it's Dr. Hooker, Pastor Hooker, uh, I, 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 I'm concerned for you. I'm just, I just want to know, uh, were you sick yesterday? That's just being a good pastor. Amen. And, 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 and people get all bent out of shape because the preacher calls and checks up on them. But if you have such a pastor, and I think you do, you need, you need to say glory to God. That's Brother Hooker. He calls me, checks on me. Amen. Why? Because he's going to have to give an account for you. He's going to have to stand in front of God one day and he's going to have to stand accountable for what he allows in this ministry. Amen. So he has the right to call you. He has the right to come by and, and check on you. According to Scripture, 
Amen? Uh, obey them that have the rule over you. Submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account. One man said, well, that's the way you look at it. Read your Bible. I said to him, he's going out the door, and he said, well, Brother Beckham, uh, uh, you know, I, I can't say I enjoyed it tonight, da-da-da-da-da, and, and I don't agree with all that. Da, da, da. I said, wait a minute. Put your Bible right here. I put my Bible. I said, read, read your verse. He read his verse. I read my verse. He said, good night, Brother Beckham. He walked out. No argument. He couldn't argue. It says it. If it says it, that settles it. I had a little bumper sticker when I was 16 years of age running around Georgia preaching as a 16-year-old red-headed, freckle-faced little guy uh, just running all over Georgia preaching. And I had a bumper sticker, Brother Hooker, that said, God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Nope, that's not even biblical. God says it, that settles it. Amen. There it is. God says it. That settles it. It's settled. Now look at what else it says here. That they may... Now listen. You better listen. Better listen. They that must do it with joy. Brother Hooker should be able to walk in this building with joy in his heart. Sister Hooker should be able to walk in here and, and his family... And if he had all these girls, all of his daughters were just still at home, they weren't married, every one of them, all six of them should be a walk, in, walk into the church with joy in their heart. Amen. Um, I, I got young preachers I'm, and older preachers that I'm praying with and counseling right now. Um, some of them's on the verge of, of wanting to leave. One preacher told me just about a month or two ago now, he said, Brother Beckham, I, I, I really don't want to go out and preach to my people. I want to just sit in my office. I don't want to face those people. And as I was preaching that Sunday, I was praying for that, uh, that young preacher. Then there was an older preacher. He told me, I don't want to go out there, Brother Beckham. They don't, they don't like me. They don't care for what I, the way I preach. They, and, and he's a good guy, a good pastor. Just got some, he's not ministering to, to sheep. He's got a bunch of goats in there. And they, they, they button everything. Sheep don't butt. Amen. And he told me, he said, Brother Beckham, it's no joy anymore. I, I think I need to leave. I said, how long have you been there? He told me, I said, good night. Don't leave until, until God tells you to leave. All you're going to do is change faces. The problems are going to be the same. Stay where you're at. You have already jumped 10 years of huddles. You don't need to go nowhere else until God tells you to. So it should be a joy, not with grief. Boy, if, it's, if, if there's a grief for this dear man of God that's sitting behind me tonight, hey, let me tell you, if it's a grief for him to walk in here on Sunday, if it's a grief for Sister Hooker to walk in here on Sunday, let me, let me just give it to you like the Bible says. Notice what it says in verse 17. For that 
is unprofitable. Not for him. It's unprofitable for you, the church. Amen? Yeah. And, and guess what? Bema Seed of Christ isn't going to be a rose garden place. You're going to stand, you're going to stand, you're going to stand there. You're going to have to kneel before the Lord one day for your actions, for the way you treat the man of God. See, this is very important to be a house of prayer. Uh, when God laid this upon my heart about a year ago, I, I thought, Lord, what in the world? What does this have to do with prayer? He said, it has everything to do with prayer. If they are not treating my man like they should, then they're not praying for him and loving him and obeying and submitting. Uh, that's, that's everything, Brother Benny. They can't be a house of prayer and do that kind of stuff. So... We need to pray for our preacher. Amen. I'm going to get to see my preacher um, in another week. and uh, Don't get to see him. Don't get to hear him preach um, much at all. Because I'm on the road 48 weeks a year. Used to be on the road 51, 52 weeks. That's almost full time. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, and I was never home. But, but I'm going to get to be home for three weeks and hear my preacher. Amen. Yes, sir. I'm going to be able to shake his hand. I'm going to be able to tell him I, I love him. I'm going to be able to tell him, hey, preacher, I'm praying for you this morning. Amen. 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 Yes, yes. That, that's the way it should be. Now, that, that's the message. What are we going to do with that? That is very important. For us to be able, because see, if you're not doing that, you're not glorifying the temple. You have allowed, if you're not doing this, you have allowed the thieves of this world to come into your temple and set up their old tables. We need to, we need to kick them out. I won't tell you where it was. I'm not going to tell you yet. I'm going to just tell you this part of this. A man that is very well known. Um, I was preaching this in his church. And um, he stood. He stood in front of hundreds of people and, and, uh, and said this. Brother, Brother Beckham brought that message here about the thieves, and I'm going to have to clean up my temple. If I called his name, everybody would know him in this area. Stood in front of his church, hundreds, and said, My temple. I've got thieves in my temple. I, I'm, I'm going to have to get cleaned up. That will bring revival if people will just be honest. Amen. Amen. I had to be honest 18, 19 years ago, and, and um, get, I had to get something settled in my heart. Or I wouldn't be here tonight. 
guarantee I would be. I had to be honest. And everybody in here is going to have to be honest. Is your temple, this little section right over here, is your temple glorifying God? Just simple, yes or no. This little, this, this group here, are you, and I love you. I, I learned to love you a year ago, and I love you all my heart, I really do. Pray for this ministry. I pray for Brother Hooker, Sister Hooker. Listen to me. Is your temple glorifying God? Are you remember the preacher? Are you obeying, submitting? Are you doing those things? Yes or no? And then this section over here. Now, if everybody will be honest and just let the Holy Ghost speak to your heart here tonight, there's no telling what's going to happen tonight. I'm not concerned about tomorrow night because tomorrow night may not come. We're here now. And God wants us to get right with him now. Because he could come tonight. Or you could go to be with him tonight. Just that quick. So how is it? Let's stand. Father.